And here we go. That's right. You're in Red's line. We're back to normal and normal operations and as normal as normal can be. Trying to give you a good post-game recap. So, what happened? The Reds had the opportunity to sweep the Padres on the road in Petco Park. The last three games have been a blue-collar win after win after win. Rosella Iglesias, nine men up, nine men down via the strikeout. So today was kind of a, I don't want to call it a pivotal game, ladies and gentlemen, but today was kind of a game to kind of get back up there closer to 500. Because uh, as of yesterday, the Reds were 8-12. and 12. So if they could just win today, they would have been a little bit closer, three games out from 500. And that's the, right now, ladies and gentlemen, Reds Nation, that's the goal. they got to get to 500. You can't think of anything else but that right now. Now, you can think of the crazy four-man outfield rotation and the crazy lineups, too, and the craziness of the use of the bullpen. I'm not saying you don't have to think about those things. But what I am saying is the Reds only have one goal, and that's to dig themselves out of this uh, uh, early season hole they've dug themselves into. So... What happened? Well, it was kind of a weird game. Let me tell you something. I told you yesterday in last night's game recap that Joey Lucchese was a very special pitcher. He has this crazy hunky-dory. I don't want to say hunky-dory. What am I talking about? That must be a remnant from yesterday's uh, fake opener. Anyway, he's got this herky-jerky. That's right, herky-jerky delivery that just keeps batters off balance. You can see Suarez kind of lost, Puig kind of lost. Matt Kemp saw the ball pretty good. Well, Joey Lucchese threw like, I think it was five and a third innings. He struck out eight batters, and he allowed, I think, I'll have to go look at the box score. I think he only allowed like uh, one or two runs. Farmer hit a home run. Um, Anyway, the story of the game, though, is Molly, and Molly happened to have, I mean, it was a, haven't I said Tale of Two Cities, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde several times? Well, this game was crazy, and I guess I'm looking at Lucchese's line, five and two-thirds innings, five hits, one run, one earned run, two walks, and eight Ks. And his ERA is still at like 4.33. It was a really, I think it was 5.0 something maybe before the game. But anyway, I told you yesterday he was going to be tough because he's just kind of a, it's a really unique windup. Throws batters off balance. Like I said, Puig and Suarez look silly. It wasn't until he got out of there that the Reds started to actually put some numbers on the board. Now, the. The the reason that they scratched the runoff of him in the first place, ladies and gentlemen, was Matt Kemp has a career average of like 314 versus left-handed batters or pitchers. So Matt Kemp got a double, and then Iglesias drove him in, and that was in the top of the second. And that was the only run they could scratch off of him through almost six innings. Well, 
Anyway, to make a long story short, Molly Malay, <laughs> he was back to this tale of two cities. He pitched six innings through 92 pitches, seven hits, four runs, four earned, no walks, and nine strikeouts. Well, let me tell you what happened. In the bottom of the third, all hell broke loose against Malay. And I'm telling you right now, ladies and gentlemen, let me give you the numbers without that fourth inning. You take away the fourth inning, he pitched five innings, one hit baseball, no runs, no earned runs, <laughs> no walks, and seven Ks. That's right. This third inning was crazy. And let me tell you how it started off. Austin Hedges is the Padres catcher. And I've talked before about how I had this idea because the Padres catching position is so, um, it's offensively challenged right now. They got a really good prospect in Mejia backing him up. He's got a cannon for an arm, and that's why one of the Reds to trade uh, Barnhart for Mejia and a couple uh, uh, prospects, pitchers that the Padres have in their golden pipeline of prospects. Anyways, so. Anyway, back to this. I'm sorry about anyways, anyways, anyways. Austin Hedges, who has two home runs on the year, but he's not even a good hitter. He's really offensively challenged. He's the first batter. He's actually the eighth batter in the lineup for the Padres, and he's leading off the third. And it was like Male was just laying out fastballs over the right over the plate because – Hedges hits a home run to left field and it barely cleared the fence. And I don't mean barely. We're you know I'm talking four or five foot, but barely cleared the fence in left center field. And I watched the replay several times and I was like, "Why did you just put that ball right there? I mean that was right in his breadbasket wheelhouse." But I was like, "Okay, whatever, man." And then this is where the this is where the this, the, the 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 inning kind of fell apart. So the next batter is Lucchese. Molly strikes him out. Molly strikes him out. And then Fernando Tatis Jr., who the Reds could have in Nick Senzel, basically, if they just ran their roster correctly, he uh, gets on base. And then the Reds were lucky that they threw him out. Yeah, that's right. He caught, got caught stealing. Or this game could have been really crazy. So then Molly has two outs. He's given up a home run to Hedges, and we're dealing with, like, Manny Margot and Manny Machado and, you know, through the heart of the lineup. Well, literally, Molly gives up five straight hits after that. Remember how I told you if you take away the third inning, Molly gave up one hit over five innings, no walks, and seven Ks? So this is, like, really what happens after the – after the Austin Hedges whoopsie daisy home run, Lucchese strikes out. Uh, Tatis gets on. He gets a hit, basically. And then they catch him stealing, like I said. And then Margot singles. And then another single by Manny Machado happens. And then this is where it gets really crazy. Will Myers drives this ball that almost was a home run. Matt Kemp almost had it. We're talking two or three inches, and Matt Kemp has this ball in his glove, and he blocks it from being a three-run home run. Well, Matt Kemp got a little injured on the play, stayed out, came out 
came out earlier. But anyway, it ended up being a double for Myers driving in two more runs. So the Padres take a 3-1 to one lead. Then what do you know? Hosmer comes up and he singles in Myers. So now it's 4-1 to one, and then Male strikes out the next hitter. So literally you take, and I know I'm on repeat, but he gave up six hits and four earned runs in the third. You take away that, it's five innings, one hit, no walks, no runs, and seven Ks. Now, I know you can't do that, ladies and gentlemen, but I wouldn't worry about this inning from Male. This is just, hey, concentration, lack of concentration, lack of concentration. He really wasn't pinpointing the ball where he needed to be. See, he is... The craziest thing was said on the Reds announcers today, not Thom Brenneman, but the guy who I, re- who I refuse to name because I don't even know what, half the stuff he says is so crazy. He said that Male has excellent control but no command. Are you nuts? Well, I'll give you this. He didn't have command in the fourth inning, so I think you owe him a loss. That loss goes on you because Male has great command and great control. For a bottom of the third, he was just lobbing these pitches right down the middle, and they were just all over him. And uh, that's why I don't think he got too much to worry about with Male. He's going to come back, get over this, because this was a dominant performance by Tyler Male. I mean, he couldn't have. And the Reds, honestly, they should have scored more than they did. They came back valiantly. And this is what I wanted to say. Once they got Lucchese out of the game in the sixth, uh, Kyle Farmer hit a home run deep to left field. And then Suarez, who I said looked silly against Lucchese, hit his fifth home run. That was that was Farmer's third of the year. And not so many at-bats either. And then, uh, of course, you had Suarez's fifth home run, which ties him with Derek Dietrich for second on the team. So once they got Lucchese out of there, this team went on a little bit of an offensive streak. They're bringing in within one run. Now, they in the, in the top of the ninth... They did get Derek Dietrich on base, but then a double play ended the game. I was really uh, wondering why they didn't bring up Votto in the top of the ninth. I know that sounds kind of crazy, but I would have probably used Votto. Anyway, that's the problem with not having a full bench. You're only using a four-man bench, so you're really low on uh, players. And uh, I guess you could have had Votto play first base and then whatever, but David Bell, the reason Votto was out, because David Bell has an off day tomorrow. The Reds have an off day tomorrow. They wanted Joey Votto to get two games off and a third rest day. I don't agree with it, but maybe I just don't know what I'm talking about. I think I know what I'm talking about. I would have probably let Votto play today. And so we had yesterday off, play today, and then have the day off. Then you can see how his back reacts. Does that make sense, Reds Nation? But anyway, to make a long story short, that's what I would have done to see how the body responds. Anyway, but it could be more serious. What else happened in the game? Um, Michael Lorenzen came in, pitched really good, inning and two-thirds, didn't allow any runs. I He was just – I'm saying this right now. The Reds have got to sign Michael Lorenzen to a long-term contract, whether he plays in the bullpen, pitches in the bullpen, of course, or they 
have him start again. He's just such a valuable commodity. I think that they need to lock him up and have cost certainty with Lorenzen. And I think he's a young pitcher that they should do that with. Now, I know he's they got him as a reliever right now, and he might not want to relieve for the rest of his life. Maybe he wants to become a free agent and then go on and sign in as a starter somewhere else, a team that might you know actually uh, develop him the right way as a starter. But I really feel that the Reds need to convince him to stay a reliever and sign long-term with the club. I think it's very important. It'll give this bullpen continuity, and uh, I believe he's an extra option to save games when the Glacius is gone, or not gone, but um, not being able to be used for a multitude of reasons, rest day, you know what I'm saying. Anyway, to make a long story short, um, Lorenzen was nothing short of spectacular, he did allow two hits over inning and two-thirds. Didn't walk anybody. Didn't strike out anybody. His ERA is sitting at 1.74. I hope they stop overusing him, and I hope they use him as a long reliever like this because really when you use when you use Lorenzen, you really need to get an inning or two out of him. He's built like that. He could actually probably be a starter somewhere else. But my point is I really think they need to lock Lorenzen down for the long term for this uh, bullpen and uh, so anyway, the Reds fall 4-3. Uh, to three. They kind of had a comeback. Lucchese was a tough pitcher to hit. I wish they would have had Joey Votto in this game because I think Joey Votto could have timed those pitches. But that's neither here nor there because Farmer did end up hitting a home run, allowing some offense. He played first base. Anyway, to make a long story short, um, let's get to the good things. Well... I'm gonna put I'm gonna be crazy right now and I'm gonna put Male number one on the good things. Even though that inning, I want I, I just don't think Reds Nation, you understand how awesome this start was, and it was just a crazy lapse of uh whatever. I mean, you're talking about two outs, nobody on base, and then all these hits happen. So anyway, to make a long story short, I I'm gonna be on repeat one more time. You, Male, take away that third inning, five hits, one hit, one hit, no runs, no earned runs. I know I said one hit twice. I'm trying to make a point. No walks, and you know how I am about walks with Male. That guy hits all the quadrants of the plate. I don't know what you're talking about, Tom Brenneman's partner. He has great command. Now, he didn't have good command in the third inning, but that's on you because you must have uh, angered the baseball gods. So, anyway... His line was six innings, 92 pitches, seven hits, four earned runs, no walks, and nine Ks. Male, Castillo, and Sonny Gray are going to be a, just a great one, two, three punch. Anyway, to make a long story short, Male, you're number one on the good things list. Number two, I, I hate to put it this way, but Jose Iglesias was three for four with an RBI today. So I'm going to put him number two on the good things list. And number three on the good things list, I'm going to give it a tie to Farmer and Suarez. They both hit solo shots in the, in the um, yeah, I knew that was the top of the seventh. And that was was really frustrating because the Reds had two more Indians to scratch a run in the top of the eighth and top of the ninth to tie this game up. But anyway, they won three out of four. Uh, congratulations to Suarez and Farmer for tying on my number three on the good things list. And I'll tell you another thing. Uh, I, I really felt that Kyle Farmer was a nice player 
when he was coming up with the Dodgers, third baseman, catcher, able to play first. He can even play shortstop on a, in a pinch. Um, this guy might be a special hitter, and I'm not trying to get your hopes up, but, man, if they could just find a way. He just has a real good approach at the plate, and if you watch him, he got a really good uh, control of the strike zone, a, a really good idea of the strike zone. And I don't mean control the strike zone, but he's just got a real good sense of the strike zone. And he, 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 he his, his swing's not wild. It's not compact. He goes straight to the baseball, and he drives the ball, man. So the guy's had two pinch hit home runs this year. And I think and, – and, and another thing, his, his third home run was against a reliever. So he just might be better as a bench player, by the way. So I might be off my rocker here. and Because like I've said about Shebler – to get success out of Shebler, bring him in late in the innings and let him uh, hit against, you know, fastball, you know, not really fastball hitters. I'm kind of off my game today, ladies and gentlemen. But uh, pitch selection, Shebler doesn't recognize pitches very well. So when you got a starter throwing three and four different pitches, if you use Shebler late in games and he's got a you know, be looking out for slider, fastball, fastball curve, whatever. He's got a better chance of putting the ball in play. Now, I did do some research on Shebler. I didn't really want to talk about Shebler today. But anyway, to make a long story short, he is better against off-speed pitches than he is against fastballs. So my whole theory about him coming in against fastballs might be crazy, but I don't think it is. I think it's mostly about pitch selection. They really need to trade Shebler, find him a new home, find a team that's high on him, do kind of a marginal player trade for a marginal player trade. I'd really like to see Sean Reed Foley from the Toronto Blue Jays for him. I really wish they could pull that trade out, get a nice uh, starter, because some of these starters are not going to be here next year. Alex Wood, um, well, a couple other guys are going to be here. Disco probably will be here, even though they need to use this trade deadline to trade him. He had a real good start out here in San Diego. But just so you know, ladies and gentlemen, not every ballpark is as big as Petco Park. Sucker's like a circus place out here, man. It's crazy. Anyway, to make a long story short, um, let's get to the bad things. Tyler Molle. I'm going to put you number one on my bad things list, too, even though you're number one. That third inning, my friend, was crazy. You're going to have to concentrate more. But I will tell you this. It might be Tom Brennan's partner's fault for uh, saying that you had no command because you were lights out other than that third inning. I'm going to say it for the fifth or sixth time. You take away that third inning with six hits and four earned runs. The rest of the time, Tyler Molle's five innings. One hit, no runs, no walks, and seven strikeouts. Domination, other than that crazy, crazy third inning that basically had um, one hit and then five hits in a row after the Lucchese strikeout. So where do we go from here? Well, ladies and gentlemen, they're going to have an off day tomorrow. They're going to be back in Cincinnati. It's going to be the Braves. And we're going to see Kevin Gosman against Sonny Gray. Kevin Gosman, of course, came over last uh, trade deadline when the Braves were making good moves and the Reds were making bad moves. <laughs> and they got Gosman for uh, a couple minor leaguers. I was looking at the 
Orioles prospects they got today. One guy's actual name was like last name was Encarnacion, uh, third baseman type player. Anyway, um, I did have another idea. I've been I've been really intrigued. Speaking of the Baltimore Orioles, I've been really intrigued lately by Dylan Bundy. Ever since he was drafted, the guy had really good uh, command of the strike zone. He is more of a fly ball pitcher, but this guy's a bulldog. In 2016 or 17, his changeup had a 50% swing and miss, miss rate. I mean, this guy was awesome. And I just think that the losing with the Orioles has just destroyed this guy. And remember when the Cubs got Jake Arrieta? This could be the Jake Arrieta for the Reds. I really feel that the Reds need to work out a deal for Dylan Bundy. The Orioles front office is a brand new front office, brand new manager. Dylan Bundy was from the old regime. And the Reds have got a chance to be basically picking off of the old regime's players that the new front office is not married to. Well, if you know anything about what the Reds have asked for in the past, and I am in kind of the no, the Orioles wanted Zach Cozart a couple years ago when he was, um, I think his last year with the Reds. And the Reds asked for Austin Hayes, who... As an A-ball player, hit like 34 home runs. This guy's a real high talent. Could probably play center field for the Reds. Eventually, he'll have to move to a corner. But I would like the Reds to engage the Orioles and try and piece this deal together. Dylan Bundy, who who I really think that Derek Johnson could help this guy out with his changeup and get him back on track, and he would be a dangerous pitcher. And I'm talking 220, 250 Ks a year. The guy... Doesn't throw 97, 98, throws 92, 93, can hit 94, 95, but is generally around 92. But the guy's got the ability to put throw a changeup. And i just been thinking, man, when I keep watching Castillo, I'm saying to myself, man, get Dylan Bundy, get him in there working with Johnson, perfect this changeup, and you could have a really nice starting pitcher for the next three years. So I would like the Reds to engage the Orioles and try and get Austin Hayes, and Dylan Bundy. And I really think that if the Reds would offer like Brandon Finnegan, I know you guys are going to get on me. Brandon Finnegan sucks. Yeah, I know. But I don't think he sucks that bad. He's a former first-round pick. He's a change of scenery candidate. What do the Orioles have to lose? He, they can, he can go in the bullpen or go in as a starter. He kind of replaces Dylan Bundy. And Dylan Bundy has a 7-plus ERA, and he's 0-3 right now. So you guys in Reds Nation are probably going to laugh all the way to the bank. But the difference between me and you is I actually, you know, understand scouting and profiling of players, and I can see the what's going on with these pitchers and hitters. And I think Dylan Bundy could be an all-star and just a dominant pitcher. Like, You think of Jake Arrieta, think of Dylan Bundy. Think of the Cubs, think of the Orioles, think of Dylan Bundy. The Orioles are just having a hard time developing this guy. And I think with Derek Johnson, they could turn this guy's page and really have a boon for the Cincinnati Reds and have a really good starter to go with Sonny Gray and Luis Castillo and Male. Because I'll guarantee you, Alex Wood, 
probably won't be here next year, and they need to trade Disco at the deadline if there's some interest there. So anyway, that's what I'd like to see the Reds do. And before you say that you're not going to trade Austin Hayes and Dylan Bundy for Brandon Finnegan, I'm talking about parameters of a trade. They'd probably have to put in a reliever or put in a a, a lower-tier prospect. I don't know. But I would work the trade about getting Dylan Bundy first, finding a need they need, because they need help all over the place. They need catching help. They need help at shortstop. They need help everywhere. And so that's what I'm saying. You engage on Dylan Bundy. You see what they need. And if they're asking price a little high, then you ask for Austin. That's how you work trades. You work them, and you add sweeteners. And I wish I could work for the Reds and do it for them, because I would. And there would be no problem. We'd have Dylan Bundy in the rotation. And we'd have Austin Hayes in AAA kind of getting straightened out. And we'd have him in center field by June 1st. Anyways, so I will maybe we'll do a Reds line tomorrow. Just a little, you know, whatever. But uh, I, I may not. But we will see you on Tuesday. Again, it's Kevin Gosman. Versus, who did I say? Sonny Gray, right? Yeah, Sonny Gray. And I think Sonny Gray, this is going to be a pretty different game for Sonny Gray. He's going to be home, and the Braves have a really cool, young, dynamic team. So I'm hoping that Gray can dominate like he's been doing. I'm going to predict the Reds are going to win. I think the Reds, getting back to home, can face Gosman. Um Gosman has a 2.75 ERA, so he's pretty effective. But to make a long story short, the Reds got to do another blue collar win. Hopefully, they can win five to three, four to one, three to one, and just you know uh, lunch, lunch, uh, lunch pail win this thing. If you know what I mean, that means just a blue collar win. You know, scratching together runs, maybe get a, a couple home runs. I'm not talking about waiting for the three run home run. I'm talking about putting together a four to one, three to two win. So, anyways, from the Little Apple back to Reds Nation and Reds Country and all that good Red stuff back along, you know what I mean. Reds Line is out.